welcome to another episode, episode 42 of We Like Having Fun, an Office Hours Live with Tim Heidecker Recap Podcast. And it was a big one. It was a big one. Big guest. Uh, very exciting show. Um, and uh, I just got off work, and so did my brother Joe. He's taking a big slug of a dark-looking beverage. How you doing, Joe? I'm pretty well, Mike. Uh, just got home from work, and I'm ready to go. Perfect. Just finished listening to the episode as well. So Fantastic. It's all fresh. Fresh. That's great. Um, so the show started off really loud uh, on the YouTube. I don't know if you had that experience in the uh, in your listening experience. Maybe they cleaned it up, but there was some audio shit at the beginning. I felt it was distorting and kind of crazy loud. Um, but it felt to me like uh, he just came in a little hot, like just yeah. Tim that, was just loud in general throughout the episode, mostly, but. He was he was loud throughout, but in general, he was just like shouting, you know. Yeah, I feel like just general thoughts. Tim, knowing that he had uh, this special guest, and he was just you know he was really on it today. I thought I thought he or not today um, on the show. I just thought he was very uh, lots of funny bits. Very very just you know almost every little portion of the show I had a laugh some you know across the board he even his little bit at the beginning saying you know how he called everybody this weekend and uh, talked to everybody on the phone for 20 minutes that was funny um, the you know the mention of how his uh, how the moms are all listening uh, because of the the guest uh, Dion Warwick and um and, you know, Tim just went right into a thing about Vic's mom, how he's taking Vic's mom to the beach this summer, and he's going to be Vic's daddy, you know, come next year. He was just on. He just he started started ripping, and I thought that was, uh, I thought he was really on today. Um, yeah, he was feeling it. He was feeling it, uh, which is good. Like, he always performs well, I don't want to say under pressure, but just... You know he's up for the he's up for the challenge for sure. Um, he asked about uh, where the time lapse video of his hair is, uh, his growth of his hair. So I'm sure we'll be seeing multiple versions of that video by next week. I'm sure people are all over that. Um, we got quickly to the city of the day, um, which still, I guess, is a code um, and. The sponsor was Cop Slop, 7-Eleven Cop Slop, <laughs> which was funny. And I actually have a little update on our City of the Day sponsor. First off, Cop Slop is this idea of, you know, hot dogs and donuts and all sorts of stuff just liquefied into slurpy form. Uh, you know, for the cops that they get for free when they go to 7-Eleven. And, um, you know, Tim laughed right off the bat, you know, saying piggies and, you know, oinks and, you know, stuff like that. But, uh, so before we, so, so let's, let's do a little, uh, I'm just going to tell you, Joe, I got a little update here and I'll read what it says, um, your brother was right about Skinbeard. 
It was Vic's original idea. So Joe gets a big point for that one. Um, I'm I'm guess that uh, Leonard, uh, the Leonard Skinnerd part of it um, came. Uh, he said from Tim, but um, when I say he, I'm not going to say he who, but. We have an insider that's, that's providing some information. Um, also, this this part where Tim is reading the copy for the it seems like Tim is reading the copy for the first time and he laughs and it seems like he doesn't know. That's happening because the boys are adding notes to like I assume like a live Google Doc kind of a thing. So he's expecting he knows what it is, you know, and then he reads it. And they're throwing in little last-minute jokes that he doesn't see until he reads the copy. So that's why he reads it, and he chuckles, and it's like, okay. So it comes across as like a surprise, like maybe he hasn't read it. Um, but uh, that is some inside knowledge. Also, the uh, Miata one was a... All of them together uh, was a collaboration for that one. I think I said that. I think we both were onto that. Um, like a trio. This this message said your brother is pretty darn good at guessing who does it. So Joe is clearly in the lead here. Um, with that said, we have Cop Slop. Any guesses here about who came up with Cop Slop? I really haven't thought about it. And now the pressure is on <laughs> to think about this. It one. is. You're on a hot streak, so you know, just take a second and, and analyze what you know. It's it's a cop. It's you know, there's. A, I guess it's a little kind of a word play. It's got a Seven Eleven in there, which we know. <clears throat> we know Doug in the past has been throwing in like real sponsors into some of his ideas. They went with it this time. Um, hmm, I I don't really have any good. <clears throat> idea about who did it but i could guess and say it's maybe a vic and tim combo joe's going vic and tim combo okay vic and tim combo i guess because it's like a little bit i don't want to say political but there's you know because they're yeah yeah that's what yeah. i'm thinking like vic could be on to like let's bag on these cops because they they have it coming you know uh-huh and you know a little sloppy you know make fun of the pigs a little bit yeah i could see tim working on that one it's not like a big pun here a big pun thing going not i mean it's two rhyming words cop slop slurpee i I, the reason um the reason maybe i learned lean towards doug a little is because of the 7-eleven slurpee um something about that feels dougish to me i guess so joe's going vic and tim i think i'm gonna go I think I'm going to go Doug, and I think it's clear that they that they all kind of you know work together on this stuff. But original idea, original idea wise, um, it's just kind of a fun game, and it's fun to hear. I, I, I could definitely picture Doug hanging out at Seven Eleven with a skateboard. Yeah, right. There's something a, a slurp. There's something there. Um, Hothead Hotline, I thought had a nice had a nice run actually, where. Um, you know, Tim had a had the ability to freak out on a guy who called about. You know, he did. You know, we we're thinking it's probably a bit, but the guy called in and said, "You're laughing at this Howard Stern. He's a racist." And and Tim had a nice "fuck you," you know, "fuck off." Like I I laugh at what I laugh, and that that's 
what we're looking for from the Hot Head Hotline. We're looking for those reactions. You know if Tim's looking somebody in the eyes on Zoom, he's probably not saying that. And people probably aren't calling in on the Zoom to call him out on things. So, Yeah, it seemed like it, it was somebody that was fishing for trouble, fishing to get yelled at and... Yeah, you know they they were trying to to attempt to start trouble, but it it was in the guise of like I'm being funny while I'm doing this. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, I think he called back later. Yeah, if, I actually thought I thought it sounded kind of like Brent Gelman the second time they called. I was like, I kind of recognize that voice, but we don't know. Um, that probably is not the case. Um, well, I'd love for that to happen, like a celebrity sort of hothead hotline situation where they really could get, you know, yeah, get some wit out there. And Tim was trying to dump people, just just like dump them, like he was hearing like a little bit of a voice, and he was just wanting to dump people, which is good. Uh, he got into he got into the Nick Nolte Cape Fear just for a second, just a brief little second, revisited that bit. Which is good. Yep. He does a good Nolte. <laughs> uh, yeah, another little like nugget from that movie of like sitting in a theater. Like, yeah, uh, yeah. Pulled a different nugget out because um, of the laughing. The guy got sort of yeah. a la- laughing jazz. Yeah, he and, said, "What's uh, what are you crazy? What are you what are you calling from Cape Fear?" Yeah, the guy the, the guy laughed back at Tim's bug out, you know, rather than you know. So. Yeah, that was a sort of uh, a funny moment for that guy to get on a laughing jag that was sort of creepy. Yes, agreed. Um, Tim's watching a lot of baseball. Um, not something I do, but I do, you know, I work in sports. I understand the appeal of what Tim is talking about, which is, you know, sometimes you just want to sit down and watch a boring game that you don't really care. It doesn't really matter. You don't care. Um, and, uh, you know, I think, I think a hotliner actually called up about baseball, which kind of led to that discussion. And then they started talking about new rules in baseball and, you know, there was a little bit of, uh, interest there, but I thought Doug sort of stole, uh, no pun intended. He talked about stealing the bases and, you know, adding a little more excitement, which led to yeah. Tim saying, you know, you know, Doug, maybe this is maybe this isn't the show for you. <laughs> uh, which I, was I was right there with Doug, like spice up baseball a little bit because it's it's a drag. Like I'm not a baseball fan, and uh, I know it. Uh, you know, he was kind of shouting at people. We're just like it's boring, you know. But you know, as much as Tim likes something, he's always ready to bash it at the same time. Like later on, it, he was saying how the announcers are the, the worst and that's r- right where i'm at with baseball it's just like those announcers i could mute them yeah anal uh, anal hershizer <laughs> <laughs> that was a, that was another funny doug one he said, he said anal hershizer that, uh, yeah that's a good one um so uh yeah this this t- this idea of doug you know maybe this isn't the show for doug and the chemistry's all wrong kind of kind of came around a couple times in the show i, I thought it was I thought it was funny. It's always just nice. Uh, like I said, Tim was kind of just in this groove of just throwing out things like that uh, throughout the show that I thought were all working pretty good for me. It was a lot of smiles, a lot of little laughs. And then um, we got to our big guest, uh, which 
I don't know if you've been following the the Dion Warwick uh, Twitter stuff going on between Tim and her, but you know I, I had been, and um, what a strange uh, meeting of the minds here with these two. Um, I'm trying to think if there's been anybody else really on the show comparable, and I don't really think there has. I think this is probably as like two different worlds colliding that just don't seem to belong as ever. But the interview was really good. She's a sharp, I mean, for 88 years old, holy crap. She's got some sh- some sass and, um, you know, had, you know, was busting chops and, you know, like held her own very well. Can you fill me in on a little bit of that Twitter? Uh, I, I know she's active on Twitter, but I, I didn't catch the whole, like how this all came about exactly. Yeah, th- um, they walked through it a little later, but basically the the gist is she had used one of these gifs of Tim like making a, f- a crazy face. You know what I mean? You know, you know, Tim and Eric have these these gifs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. People people sure. are, people are using oh, like them. A meme. You know? Yeah, yeah. It, but it's like a gif that's just like ooh, you know, like a face. And people use Tim and Eric all the time. They're they're like a very used thing. Even though people don't know who, who those Tim and Eric are, they just use it because it's it comes up when you're typing like crazy or or whatever it's one of those top gifts so tim saw that she used it in a tweet and said hey you know i I don't know i can't remember what he said something about getting permission to use it and she's she had said well we're best friends so i thought you know okay uh, that's right yeah they did sort of talk about yeah so they they walked through it and but then Tim kind of stayed on it, and Tim brought it brought it up, you know, some weeks back about how he was kind of getting into it with her, and just that she's like, you know, a funny Twitter presence. Like she's like, you wouldn't think she's an eighty eight year old famous song legend tweeting the way she does, um, but she does, and she says funny little things, and you know, I yeah, think it's uh, just entertaining, and I, I I assume it did it did sound like she has some things coming out, and she's clearly not you know, in the public eye very much these days, but she's still working it. And I assume her and her press people were like, yeah, you know, follow through with this. And, you know, you're going to get a whole new bunch of young people that maybe, you know, listen to your music again or or whatever. I mean, I know I went back and listened to some stuff and it's, I mean, she's got a million records, all very good. You got any? Yeah, you, sc- you got some of her I records. Scanned her discography and like was looking like at all the different stuff she, she's done from decade to decade. It's like mind blowing. But you put on any song and it's like always lovely. It's just always lovely. There's not like a phase of like trash in there. It's just always like very classy she, and and well done. Yeah, she's sort of like uniquely not like you know she's not like jazz or. Like she's not like a style exactly. She, like Vic had said, like you're not exactly a style. You're she's kind of just like a pop musician that you know isn't falling into a category. And she kind of just went with the flow throughout the years, you know. And yeah, and you know, interesting. Somebody might say that like, okay, uh, you know, that's what friends are for. Like it's probably her famous song, and you know, something like, that's corny or whatever. But like. You know, it's still just a good song, and she's a great singer, and, you know, it's just some classic stuff. But I had not, like, I'd, I skimmed through her stuff and just was like, I'm going to put on a random song from 1972 and see what it sounds like. And it was, like, all very good, lovely music. Um, 
you know, kind of like, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's hard to just kind of, you know, just say it's like this or like that. But um, a lot of love songs, a lot of, you know, just yeah. really, really pretty, you know, music. So Yeah, she's, she doesn't do standard. She doesn't do, like, jazz stuff. She's not like this person or that person. She's kind of like a unique voice of music. So she, does, she stands out for not being any particular genre. Yeah. Well, in within this interview, uh, you know, Tim tried to like, you know, have a little uh, have a little fun with it and ask her like, if we're such good friends, and he started asking her questions, and she just was not playing along. But she did it in such a good way. She, you know, Tim's like, "Am I married?" She's like, "I don't know. How would I know?" <laughs> <laughs> you know, and just like, yeah. um, which I thought was very funny. Um, but my biggest LOL moment was uh, in re- like kind of in. In, in tune with that was later on, you know, Tim asked her about, you know, working with Paul McCartney and she said, oh yeah, yeah. we're dear friends. And Doug jumped in and said, is he married? <laughs> 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 Which I LOL that. I thought that was very, very quick, very funny um, and very subtle, just kind of underneath the thing. Um, I thought it was funny that she just kind of s- stuck around for a little bit longer and like it got playful, like you know, Tim, Tim was doing, you know, singing and, you know, kind of saying, what, what's, what's Burt Baccarat thinking with that key change, you know? And, you know, and she's like, you're crazy. And, um, you know, it was just really just, just a yeah, very well done flowing interview. Um, even to yeah. the point where he's like asking her about what TV shows she likes, which is just like so random and strange to hear her talk about her, you know, her, the TV show she's likes. But I was like, Huh, maybe I'll maybe I'll check out Lucifer and, and Bridgerton. <laughs> yeah, she he was trying to get her to say if you could, which was your least favorite Beatle? Like yeah, yeah, sort of like you know, it, it was definitely amusing, and I'm glad they they worked it out and got it made it happen. Yeah, I thought it was well done. I'll give him an A, even though uh, you know Doug gave gave him a G. A G minus. So she actually said C minus, but the uh, what came out of that was Tim thought he said a G minus, which again they said, yeah, that's kind of a funny bit that maybe you haven't heard before when somebody so you failed so bad that you get a G, uh, which you know I could see that sticking around in the office hours world forever. Um, the next caller didn't know who Dionne Warwick was, and like Tim was so tempted to just dump him, but I think they let they let him have their moment here. Um, yeah, because he got weak. It was like yeah in the Zoom a uh-huh. Zoom caller. He can't just bash yeah. a Zoom caller who might have a question, who might you know yeah you gotta have something be nice more to say. Um, Tim went off about Dave Matthews Band for a second, which I thought was funny because <laughs> <laughs> he found this like out of tune moment from a SNL performance where like, listen, I mean, DMB is trash. I, 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 I despise Dave Matthews band. I don't, I never liked that fucking it, band. Pearl jam and Dave Matt, life. Pearl jam and Dave Matthews band are the two for me that are like a lot of people like them. A lot of people love them. They sell out arenas. And I'm just like, that is, if you, if you're going to that show, I don't think that we can be friends. 
it's that serious how I feel about how bad they are. So, <laughs> so Tim taking it. I sort of feel exactly <laughs> the same, and like there was li- like lines drawn for friendships. Yeah, they were just like, you yes. no, you're you're the worst. I'm sorry. I mean, you can be a. I mean, you can be a. Uh, you know, Jehovah's Witness, and I might be friends with you before you being a huge Dave Matthews Band fan. You know what I mean? Like, if you're a huge DMB fan, like, we're not going to be friends. Like, I'm not going to find that. <laughs> I'm not going to find that common ground. Um, yeah, and so they found that clip, and they played, like, the moment where those two instruments meet, and it is like, oh, it's John. Well, it's well he, like... he found a moment where they were playing <laughs> out of tune, where the sax was out of tune. Listen, they play whole concerts together where it sounds fine. He just, he listened through, and he was like, oh, man, because when they're out of tune, it sounds bad. Like, you got to be in tune. Somebody there was is... playing Somebody was playing a little, like, quarter note, you know, pitchy, a little there sharp. Is something to be said for those two instruments in particular though to be like back to back it is sort of like a strange idea i completely agree with the point who the fuck puts a fiddle and a sax together in a band it is stupid the whole thing's stupid i I don't like it um something i do like which i had not heard of but spirit of the beehive did you hear of this band before they sound familiar their name sounds familiar but i honestly am not sure Maybe they didn't go have time to go look it up, yeah. but I feel like I know that it, that name sounds familiar. I, you're gonna possible. you're gonna like them, okay? I went and listened to them. They're very. I really enjoyed what I listened to. Very weird, but like kind of comes in and out of. I mean, I don't know. It's kind of hard to explain, but once you listen to it, you'll get it. It's just like a lot of noise and strange samples and strange weird. Um, electronic kind of industrial crunchy nastiness and then it'll just like you know then it'll just like transition into some like sort of more not more traditional but just sort of some like modern indie rock sounding stuff maybe some you know some beach housey kind of moments but it it moves you know what i mean it doesn't just stay and then do a whole song it'll just like turn into that vibe for a little bit and then it'll like drone for a little bit and just it just had a lot and i i threw it on after the show and uh and then i just listened to it on my way home too and i was like yeah this album's good i mean i listened to the new album i had i hadn't listened to anything else but um spirit of the beehive is that's you know for like a new band that's out right now like i can get down with that not gonna listen to it all the time it's not like a you know but i think you'll dig i I know you'll dig if you don't i would be surprised well Um, your your description is selling me i i probably haven't heard of them because if they're new, I probably haven't heard of them. Yeah. That I don't, I'm not up on new things, but my head's been all over the place, but not exactly Sure. There. Yeah, me neither. I haven't heard of a new band that I've listened to in a long, like a new band like that. But they're, they're young guys. If you see, um, if you scroll in the video, you'll see they're just a couple of young kids, you know, and um, they played the Instagram game. And, uh, you know, that's always fun. We like the Instagram game. It's crazy yeah. how all over the place everybody is, and um, yeah, your your boy was in there, Phil, Phil Collins. Yeah, Phil. I can't remember how many he had, but I think I was disappointed. Six, it was uh, five hundred thousand. Yeah, five or six hundred thousand. I was like, I mean, I'm playing along with them. I was gonna say like two million. I was like, I thought Phil Collins would be crushing. He just has so many fans, but but Instagram's like this social. Uh, 
media that's a little different than like Twitter or something like that. Sure, like it, it is. It's not going to be attached to like the the fact that the doors are so low and like the doors are like, pretty high. The doors actually, had yeah, a million. The, oh yeah, the doors were a million. But the even you know considering that I think that is sort of low for one of these bands. I mean, they did get way too much attention in the eighties and nineties, but they are also were something that was being pushed on mm-hmm. everyone. They were like being packaged and sold to everyone. Here's a, a couple a couple rules to the Instagram game that I would like to add, if possible, would be ask how many posts. Like, cause, so they're, they're, they're telling you the handle. They're reading you the bio. They're telling you if it's verified or not. I would like to know how many posts have been posted and potentially when the last post was. And also potentially whether there's a the little circle around it, meaning they did a story recently, like whether they have done a story in the past 24 hours. Because I think that could tell you, that could lean you towards something if you, if they're like, you know, if you're one of these accounts and you have like, you know, 65 posts and you have the last time you posted was last year, you know, maybe that's giving, that's, maybe that's giving away too much. That's like advanced Instagram game you know like it, it is but like for hardcore players yeah for hardcore players i just think it's an easy thing they could say you know this person has posted 432 times and they had a story today and their latest post was on tuesday like just just a little like that a little more info if their latest post was from 2019 then it's like okay yeah they're not gonna have a lot of followers um or if they're only posting once every couple months like you yeah, need well, the, you need might, the engagement. That might give away too much, but it also might that might narrow down the guess, like the guesses to like being closer to what you're going to guess. But it's still like a long shot to like. It might not help you that much to have all that info. And it, no, what Vic proved is you don't need to know anything. You can just you know bid, I, bid the right thing at the right time. I think the Price Is Right rules for that is stupid and makes it very dumb for three people. The reason Price is Right rules works on Price is Right because you have like six people or seven people doing it. So like only one person out of those six or seven, usually the person at the end, has that ability to guess one dollar. You know what I mean? Or to guess somebody's plus one. But we only have three people. You're giving somebody a gigantic advantage by doing that. You're taking their two guesses and saying, okay, it's either more than theirs, more than theirs, or less than theirs. It's basically like I can win the game with three guesses. So I yeah, said maybe they, they should adjust that if they have more guests playing. But that, since it is three, uh, it was a little lame. So yeah, I but, say just closest to closest to the pin. Why, who gives a shit if it's over? It if it's over, the, the boringness of someone just guessing one. Point it sure over would. It sure would. Uh, so get rid of the fucking prices right rules for that game, guys. Get a, get them out of here. Um, uh, we got into John Boner quite a bit. We spent a lot, a little bit too much time here for me. I mean, uh, you know, I got, I got, it like got funnier, um, as it went on. It was another one of these where I'm like, oh, okay, we're going to talk about this fucking guy and, you know, kind of rehab, you know, they kind of went over his thing, um, a bunch. I thought the yeah, more well, interesting, they were po- doing, doing everything that they were blaming Colbert for, uh, Colbert for doing is giving this guy more airtime talking about him and good point i i think i thought that i thought the more interesting point was tim saying why do you have to you know why does colbert have to have you know 
you know, it's just lame that these people make the time for that kind of thing. And when they showed the clip of them, like, drinking, it's just like, oh, God, this is so lame. And between me and you, Colbert, I think, is trash as a having his own show guy. I think since he, like, went to that, you know, kind of format of himself, I've just, I don't know. I just don't, I just don't like it. I think he was so much better as the fake, you know, you know, uh, Daily Show Republican character that he played for all those years. Like, that was just, he was just better at that than being, now he's like this kind of like, just kind of smart ass, I don't know, laid back kind of uh, boring guy. I I don't know. He does nothing for me. I, I don't, I don't care about him. Yeah, I don't watch any of those late night hosts anymore. The, the no. only one I've ever liked, you know, in the past my whole life is Conan O'Brien, but I honestly haven't watched him since, you know, the early 2000s. So I don't know. I, do, I don't watch any of those things, but they are very dull. And I find knowing what I know from like clips and things, it's. Do you listen? Uh, not, not they're all working for these networks. Like yeah, they don't, no, it's lame. They're not like interesting people to you know be excited about. Do you listen to Conan's podcast? Occasionally, I, I have listened to episodes based upon his guests. I'll scan, like I scan through, and yeah, I, I okay. sometimes listen to him or Andy Richter because I I'm I'm a longtime fan. Like that, w- there was a day when those guys were just on the air and I was like, my favorite TV show is Conan O'Brien. Like they, it's like the funniest thing on TV. Yes. Um, yeah. That, I, that's why I was curious if you did his podcast. Cause it's very popular and I think it's actually pretty good. It's like, it's a good, like, um, I don't know if you just, if you still like that format of talking to famous people, um, but having it I'd, super light and super kind of silly. Like, I, I think it's, um, I think it's, I think it's okay. Yeah, I, I don't listen to it all like the time, it. but I know people do love it. So I, I don't listen to it like a subscribe person, but I, I'll check in a now and again and see who's on there and be like, I'll, I'll go back and like listen. I, there was a, a period there where I, I was listening to a bunch of them, but I was like, Conan O'Brien, Andy Richter, these guys, they just love talking and about themselves. Like the repetitive and the, their comedy, the way they... They're interesting people to listen to occasionally, but I, I, they're small doses for me now. Yeah, I can't look at Conan. I can't do Conan's, um, you know, wacky face humor anymore. Like I just can't do that. Like that, like creepy, like you know, like that that shit with it's, his hair and that shit of him being like a creepy stalkery kind of big freak sort of thing. Like, yeah, it's like sort of nostalgic now for me, like to check in and hear his his the way he still kind of goes about the self-deprecation stuff and yeah uh i you know i have mass respect for the for him and everything he did with late night talk shows when he did them but him jumping into podcasting now i feel like is less interesting and yeah i don't know i've actually sort of like stealing from people who have been doing it for years and I th- I I don't know if I agree. I think that his um I think his podcast is like like I can't stomach watching his show because it has this dumb format. But the podcast is like he kind of has this character within the podcast where he's like this sort of like there's like 
his producers are on there and he's kind of like the asshole boss and I, I don't know it's like a little bit of a different take that I thought is kind of fun um he's Matt Gorley's on there and he's like an earwolf guy and he's very funny and check out all his podcasts actually are way better and way funnier oh okay hot take um the High Network has 4,000 subscribers already for the On Cinema and High Network subscription. That's amazing. Those On Cinema fans are really, you know, it took us, you know, however, I guess it took a full year for Office Hours to get those numbers. And they're doing a show every week. On Cinema hasn't been on in a couple of years or a year and a half. And they already got 4,000 subscribers. So good for them. I hope the, I'm sure the... The stuff they're doing, it sounds like Tim is putting a lot of work into it, and and uh, I'm excited to see what they do with the Oscar special and all that. I mean, I'm not on the edge of my seat like some people. I know some people are freaking out. And this high network Vic thing, or I mean, uh, Greg Turkington thing online, is just beyond me at this point. I don't know what's going on. Like, I get that, like, they hate each other, and, you know, Greg's not the master of movies and I just don't know how I don't know how many times I can hear that (laughs) like it's just like the longest it's just like you need it almost be more funny if like they they made up for a while or something and like got really close just so you could break it down again but the fact that they're just at this constant uh that 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 bit is at this constant fuck Greg and Greg's like fuck Tim and like that's just the ongoing bit forever. Like, no, his show's not real. Mine's the real show. Oh, his website's not real. My website's the real website. I'm the real guy who, like, that's just the same bit forever. And I don't know. Ever and like online, there's Tim heads and Greg heads, and it's like this feud, and it's a never-ending feud. And I think, um, I don't know. I, I think potentially there's um, maybe just a different direction to go or, or some way to spice that up somehow so it's not just that same old thing. So I go online and I see it and it's like, I don't know, it's just not doing a ton for me. No offense, but I'm sure the, the Oscar special will be will be fun. It's always, it's fun and light, but that's me being nitpicky about that. Um, Tim tweeted this week, I wrote this down that I want to discuss it, that he listened to... The Mac Miller record, Circles, which, um, you know, I think was his last record before Mac Miller died. Just wondering if you had any Mac Miller experience. He was my, I went hard on Mac Miller last year for like a month. So hard, I guess, that he was my Spotify number one artist and number one played thing because I just got into Mac Miller for a, for a brief time. I, I still really like him, but just... There was like a month or something that I was just like jamming out to Mac. I just really like listened to all of his stuff, really liked a few songs, was kind of going to him a lot. And um, have you ever heard Mac Miller uh, or listened to him at all? I I know of him more so than I've listened to him, but uh, what that means is I listened to a few things and then I was just like, ah, well, I'm not really listening to this right now, so... Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then never really went back, and you know he he passed away, and it, there was a lot of sadness. And yeah, him passing away was when I went and listened because I was like, oh, I've heard of Mac Miller, and a lot of a lot of people that I respect were like, yo, Mac Miller was really good. Some friends of mine were like, yeah, Mac Miller's the shit, and and I had. <clears throat> 
I lamely got into Post Malone for a little while, you know, sort of a guilty pleasure, but I just couldn't deny the fact that I liked some of those Post Malone songs. And then I was like, I saw him perform on one of these shows and he came out and he played guitar and he had the face tattoos. And I was like, I kind of appreciate this guy going for it. Like, I just, it's not cool to me or anything, but I just like, he's really just like, this is a modern kind of pop rock rap, like whatever that is, it wasn't as bad as you'd imagine it being for me. It was like, I kind of liked the music and I kind of liked what it was happening. And then that led me like he collaborated with Mac Miller a lot. And then when I heard Mac Miller, I was like, Oh, okay. This is kind of a different vibe, but good hip hop. Um, has a very interesting voice that's like, you know, it's one of those voices that you need to like maybe get used to. It's it's not something you really hear on the radio too much. It's kind of hard to understand. And but he 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 wrote some cool shit, and I read about him. And you know, I found it very interesting that Tim out of nowhere. I was hoping somebody would have called and asked, like, how did did Mac DeMarco tell you to listen to Mac Miller? Like, who who said to Tim? We know you don't like hip hop, but listen to Mac Miller. You might like it. I'm wondering how that went down because he listened to it and he said he really he thought it was beautiful. Yeah. Sometimes I have to say like the the rap I'm usually drawn to is like sort of these weird voiced vocalized rappers that don't sound like mainstream guys and I'm sort of draw, you, you start out like oh that's weird and the next thing you know like you're just hooked you know so he could definitely probably be someone I go and check out at some point like um you know a lot of these hip-hop yeah he's like uh, falling away like uh, jay lib was one and mf doom and oh i know mac miller doom. And, and yeah no, that's that's kind of mac miller reminded me of that kind of you know early to mid 2000s hip-hop that we used to listen to that's just a little you know e dan and you know some of these like weird guys E-Dan's that were still out there yeah i know i follow him um but they're just not putting out tunes or if they are i'm not hearing them you know, Aesop Rock, I, you know, I'll still check in with, and he's got some cool stuff. Haven't heard anything from Buck 65 in a while, but every time I do hear something from him, I usually like, yeah, this is pretty sweet. Um, I heard him on a podcast not that long ago. Hmm. He's, he's doing other things, but. Yeah, well, that's kind of what Mac Miller reminded me of, and uh, and Tim mentioned it on the show. He's like, oh, I listened to the Spirit of the Beehive, Mac Miller. He kind of was like almost teeing somebody up to ask about that, but. Maybe there's not much to discuss there, um, but I thought I'd bring it up because it was, I found it interesting to me. What's, what, what really made it, <clears throat> what made me think of it or made me want to bring it up was the fact that I, at my Spotify thing, it said like most played artists. It was like Mac Miller, Tim Heidecker, like, <laughs> like those were like in my top five. And then like um, the person who did, Alexander Desplat did the soundtrack to Little Women, which I listened to the shit out of that soundtrack to Little Women. I was a mm-hmm. fucking freak for that soundtrack for a long time. So it was just the strangest top, you know, Spotify doesn't know what to do with that information. They're like, these are the three things you listen to. So good luck, yeah. buddy. When I was on a road trip for like, uh, you know, last, you know, last time uh, during the fall, I, I just had like my Spotify like on shuffle of like old like art rock stuff and like for a few hours i like listened to that 
all the way through so that became my spotify most played genre was art rock and it was just oh. like, i don't listen to that much art rock, <laughs> it, it just remembered yeah. that like, i was had like a long road trip where i like just put like here on and like it just shuffled it for like a couple hours and no shit like so that, this this i was playing ping pong you know in like wimbledon and like i was just putting on mac miller every, i had like a big playlist of mac miller that's like you know all of his albums, and I would just hit shuffle on it, and I would you know I was like putting it on almost every day just to you know kind of get more and more into it. Spotify's like, yep, that's your favorite guy, Mac Miller. Remember those two weeks that you listen to Mac Miller every day? He's your favorite. It's like okay, definitely they they remember that you like it. So it's like, a fucking terrible algorithm. Be, it's a terrible. They're not. You'll they be like know. listening to Elton John next. You know Mac Miller's popping up because like you like that last week, and we gotta yeah. you know mix that into our mix because you like that. They do know that I like Chahi Hatakiyama because I literally I literally listen to him every day while I do yoga or or at some point he's of the day. He's got a new album. He's got a new right. album every fucking day, man. Every fucking every week. Every month he's got a new album. <clears throat> I know. My, my playlist of his whole collection, I just keep adding to it so that I can shuffle it. And it's absurdly long, but he's the best. I can't wait to... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to meet him when I'm in Tokyo this summer because he's uh, he's been mastering the tiger shrimp records for the past couple of years and there's a really good interview with him on headphone uh communicate i'll have to uh look that up yeah after hours read. after hours i had a couple of things noted i thought it was a good after hours i thought it flowed well um a couple notes for the end here the orchestral city of the day uh song which was just wonderful for that uh for the french man to put that together um you know uh making you know orchestrating simple things like that works out a lot of the time and the guy did a really good job of making it so epic and uh you know it's just funny to think of that little theme that they put together as this epic grand score you know it was a nice choice by that man to do that and then have Tim like kind of do his his high bar like you know city of the day yeah his yeah. his like a Pavarotti or his you know kind of operatic singing over it was funny um quick little note in there um that they kind of went by quick even though Dom the deadhead called in with some news did you see that the Patreon thing came out the other day which was um Hey, if you're in the L.A. area, any weirdos in the L.A. area and you want to be, um, you know, in potentially an extra in a shoot, uh, give us a shout. And I guess Dom the Deadhead was right around the corner waiting, and um, I guess he's a weird enough guy. So they get him on the horn to kind of tell the story of, of what it was, and... Um, <laughs> And he's telling us, well, I was, was sitting there and I got the Patreon and, you know, and uh, Tim <laughs> Tim said, we don't need the Dark Star version of this, bro, <laughs> which <laughs> cracked me the fuck up. Um, kind of a deep cut, but, um, you know, Dark Star is like the, the meandering, long, Grateful Dead song that just goes on. You know, it's like the 20 minute <laughs> just kind of jazzy jam song. Uh, so a good one by Tim there. Um, but eventually, finally, it was revealed that... Um, they were filming another drop concert, an outdoor drop concert with potential fans or something there, it looked like. But he slipped and said, 
Mac DeMarco. Should I say? Should I say Mac DeMarco was there? <clears throat> he said Mac. He said yeah, Like there well, was a there was a little Mac. So I feel like it was going to be DeMarco. I'm pretty. I wasn't. Mac Miller's dead. So uh, yeah, I think you're probably right, and I caught that as well. So we have a potential drop concert with like a jam session with maybe a band or something. That's what I'm guessing that probably was. I saw a little picture and it looks like they were an outsource out so, you know they they showed a little photo that was like, you know, in some like weird garden or some backyard or some area that looked like okay. I like that. I like this idea. I like yeah, taking the taking the drop concert up a notch to like an actual sort of live outdoor, you know, fun thing with with a band is that's fucking dope. And is it with Tim also? You know, uh, in the band. I would, you know, who we don't know, but uh, they're making stuff, and it's good. It's good to see that they're like just behind the scenes. They're doing stuff that like we don't. They're they're banking content um, for office hours, um, and they're they're giving that attention to that, which is good. I, but yeah, the fact that um, the fact that Mac DeMarco has like become you know close with Tim, and if, if he's like kind of close with office hours, that's cool. That's good for us. Um, that that the guys like that are, are leaning into the office hours world rather than yeah. rather than uh, the. Uh, I saw last week. I didn't mention it on last week's pod, but I saw that Matt was wearing a shirt that said Walter TV, which is Mac DeMarco's backup band. And I really like Walter TV, and I have both their album or three of their albums, so I'm a fan. Yeah, I didn't know what that Walter TV was, but um, they're, they're really catch. good, and they're they're. They have their own albums, and they're when Mac DeMarco tours, he's there. He's they're the band that plays with him. So okay, Easter eggs, Easter eggs galore here on the old uh, in the old Mac DeMarco world. Um, they finished. Oh, Phil Braun uh, made a brief appearance at the end of uh, After Hours as we were winding down, and kind of added a little bit to his little gag here. He said he was. You know, I thought his bit was pretty funny. You know, he said, um, you know, he went to get uh, euthanized, and um, but he went to a, a vet, so they only gave him enough to kill a small animal, so he was only out for a little while, but he was allowed to get out of his contract with Gutfeld, and um, he showed us around... I don't know, you know, I assume he's just in his house somewhere, but there was a foosball table and, but, you know, it was like played up to, you know, I'm in my studio apartment and he had just some weird things that, uh, you know, made the boys laugh, made me laugh. Um, so, uh, yeah, we love Phil. Phil has, um, uh, I gave a shout out to Phil on Twitter last week and, um, he nicely responded and, you know, retweeted, uh, the post, the you know, I, I I do a post every week saying, "Hey, listen to our podcast," which you know, sometimes gets retweeted, sometimes doesn't by people. I you know, I don't know why, what the you know, why that some there's no rhyme or reason to it. But Phil retweeted and said, "Listen to this podcast where they say nice things about me." Basically, um, it, it could be where like if you. If we do a good episode, then we get the retweet, <laughs> and if we don't, it gets buried, and, and nobody wants to retweet it. I don't think that's true, but you know, I Maybe think it's all like I this think reward based. Yeah, retweet. I think all of our episodes are pretty much 
you know, C minuses or G minuses, um, uh, whatever. If we're too controversial, you know, they, you know, they don't want to retweet you know, that. Controversy creates conversation. That's what I always say. Um, if you were able to uh, skim to the end of your video there, you could see how this March of the Ding Dings video works during after hours. Um, and, uh, you know, Tim was saying, oh, my kids would love this. It was an incredible full 3D, like, you know, Pixar looking animation of these little guys. And um, it's very cute and weird. Um, the song is very strange. And, you know, the whole concept of this thing is uh, is very weird, obviously. Um, so definitely worth a watch and um you know tim or doug had sent that out to the patreon i'm a i'm a doug follower so um me too yeah so he i, uh, I joined i joined the the, the pound cast joined the pound cast very good i um i haven't had a la chance to listen to the latest pound cast but i want to I, I oh you did well yeah. tell me some thoughts because i i want to start doing a little pound cat i want to give pound cast some love um, anything you, you listen to the, the new one with, uh, the one-on-one. -on -one. Yeah. I have to like get it in my mind now. Cause I went back after I listened to that, I was listening to the, the episode where they had, um, the guy that w did, uh, machine, machine drum. Um, yeah. Machine drum. I listened to that one as well. We can discuss that one. Um, I, I was listening to that one just now, so that's fresh in my head. I, it's been like a day or two since I listened to the other one, so I might confuse what I actually was listening to. But anyway. Uh, You're a Machine think, Drum fan, right? Yeah, I really liked Machine Drum's early first release. Yeah, early stuff. <laughs> there was a, a, an album called like Business, like B-I-Z-Z. Uh, NZZ or something, yeah, yeah. or something like that, and that was like a really good electronic, without other people on it, album. Mm -hmm. And then he kind of like transitioned into playing with a lot of other people and remixing a lot of things and having rappers and all that was very interesting because nobody was really doing that with electronic music at the time and kind of like branching off, being like the the backup for like rapping and so. Yeah, he's super cool. It's it was cool to see that they had him on and like it, the interview re revealed that he was another person who watched Amp and was impressed. Yeah, with the yes Amp, with Amp videos. I was like, there you go. Yeah, he was talking about he saw the or the, the saw the Autechre. saw the Autechre video and yeah, that changed everybody's life. Joe seeing those early Chris Cunningham. I, or, I was definitely onto it and yeah, like like he was. I think I even saw him live at one point uh, when he came to Buffalo and was just playing alongside with another band and hmm. so yeah, cool. It was yeah, cool it was a, that was an interesting. It seemed like maybe Doug and Brent didn't even know who he was, like didn't know him or his music that well. I'm, I I don't know if I'm sure about that, but. Or like they well, weren't they weren't like fans of his for years or anything. Um, you know, Brent was getting you know a little more excited about just 
his name and, and then his uh, his brother and that whole like story, you know, which yeah, which well, is there was some good, fa- good fascinating reason to go back and listen. I, like Doug dropped some knowledge of he was roommates with a guy named um, K Rad, which I am aware of that guy as well. Like mm-hmm. just through downloading electronic music like a nut back in the day, I came across that that guy's stuff. And, you know what happens to me now? I get machine drum and machine fabric mixed up. You know, machine fabric, fabric or whatever. I, I guess I just because they're both machines, up, but, but I love machine fabric. Like that guy's sweet. That like, guy's a, a wicked amount of music guy. Like yeah. so much stuff. A lot of shit. But um, he's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Um. So yeah, we're gonna continue to um chat a little bit about the pound cast at the end of the episodes here that's kind of like our little after hours after dark because i you know that's in the world if vic had a podcast we'd probably mention that too but i don't think vic does um but yeah the pound cast is great if, if you guys are not subscribed to that it's a totally different kind of vibe but it's good guests brent um and doug have when a the great joel chemistry. hole drops uh been quiet. When the Joel Hole drops. We can give Vic uh, uh, a shout yes. out for that. The Joel Hole has been quiet. It's been quiet on the Joel Hole front. There's a lot going on, um, but that's okay. Uh, there's a lot going on in all of our lives. A um, little update in my own things. I'm going to Phoenix this weekend on Sunday because I am performing live as Jam Band Workout with a Jam Band in Phoenix. For their first show back from the pandemic, a band called Spafford on 420. I'm going to be there on stage. It's going to be streaming all over the world, and it's there's a live concert. Joe's dancing in the house. Yes, yes. So um, I don't know if you saw the article written about me this week, brother, but uh, the Buffalo News had me on the front page. I'll send you a link. Um, I don't get the Buffalo News. Well, it was digital. It was digital, but I'm gonna be. I'm supposedly there. I'm being featured in the Gusto on Sunday, so you might want to pick <laughs> up a copy of the Gusto. Uh, but I'll send you a link. It's, it covers everything. Jeff Myers, you know, interviewed me a couple weeks ago, and uh, you know, it's pretty fun. Now I can just like, if somebody's like, "What's this all about?" I can just be like, eh, "Read, read the article, pal. It's got it all in there. It tells the whole story." So, um. So this thing is becoming realer than I would have thought, um, and uh, I don't expect anybody listening to this to really give too much of a shit. But if you do, if you're Dom the Deadhead, I mean, Dom the Deadhead, if you're listening to this, you might get a kick out of it. I, I danced to a Scarlet Begonia's Fire on the Mountain YouTube video came out today. And, uh, you know, it's not... I don't get many views on the first days that I launch these videos. It's not really... YouTube's... YouTube's a slow burn. It's still Instagram. Everybody loves Instagram. So we'll see what happens the, with that. The cactus was dancing today. The cactus. Oh, yeah. You saw that. The wiggling cactus. Yeah. It's funny. Um, so uh, that's what I got going on. So stay tuned for that. Um, and, uh, yeah, Joe's art is still going. He's still posting new abstract paintings daily. I had Joseph Allen Art on Instagram. 
And uh, that's going to do it for us this week. Um, we got this in. And thanks, Joe, for uh, hustling back. Hope you had a good work meeting. Hope things are going well over at the old shop. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's a struggle. You know, nobody wants to work right now when you can make money just sitting home. Oh, you got so. that kind of issue, huh? These fucking libs. Given well, I, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not I'm not not in favor of it of what's going on. It's just extremely hard to keep people employed. <laughs> yeah, with that, yeah. so it, yeah. you know, it's hard. It's hard. That's 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 what we've set up here with this pandemic. But Joe got the vaccination, and I'm assuming most of us have now. It's it's kind of opened up now where everybody can go get it, which is so great. And um, I did read it. I had a little side effect thing. Ooh, happen, what happened? Yeah. Were you feeling a little ill? I like, well, you know, I started the day off with drinking beer and whiskey right after my shot, so maybe that wasn't the best. Maybe thing to not do, the but, best. <laughs> but like, yeah, the shot hurt for a good day, and then the soreness. I had like completely aches and pains like throughout the week going into like Wednesday. Like, wow. Uh, at one point, my whole knee like froze up on me, and I, I could barely walk. And Jesus, I you think had it... to put, wear a brace for multiple days, and then it just went away. <laughs> huh? Well, maybe so, yeah. maybe you got a compromised immune system over there, pal. I don't know. You got to drink more orange juice or something. I don't know. It, it, maybe scary. it's like the first, you know, dose of anything. I haven't been sick in over a year, so it's just like. My body wasn't ready for a, a the, big shot. Of the uh, the arm soreness was real for me on the first shot. Like my arm was like I could I couldn't lift my arm over my head for like a day and a half, and I was yeah, like that was real. Uh, that was real. The second shot didn't do that to me. I, I was you know it was a little tender, but not a big deal. And um, and after the second dose, I had I was playing pickleball and I was just a little sluggish on the court. And that would be my only side effect. I was a little sluggish, and I was like, is this the vaccine, or am I just, you know, I just didn't have my uh, normal adrenaline rushing through me while I'm on the court. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's it. I'm a week in, and by next week I should be full-blown, uh, full-blown boy, ready to get spat on and spit in people's faces, and it's all so great. Yeah, I can't wait. I got another week or two now before my next shot. So. There you go. Very exciting. It's nice to be getting through this. Um, so um, that's going to do it for us, guys. Uh, thanks for listening. Have a great week. I guess we're back on schedule for a show next week. And I think that I should be able to do it. So uh, we'll see you next week. Have a good one, Joe. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, everyone. Never fall in love again.